Good morning, you holy messengers of God, and welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Conference Call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we are reading from the Manual for Teachers. We're reading section 14, How Will the World End? And you can access an original edition by going to jcim.net. Reverend Rita, do we have any updates that you want to talk about? Uh, maybe an email that might have gone out? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, let me know. Uh, just go to, the, to our website, jcim.net, and my email's at the bottom. Let me know if you didn't receive it. Uh, we had uh, an announcement go out about it's really an invitation to everyone to take a peek at our new format for next year or to be forwarded to friends who aren't on our mailing list or uh, I send it to some people who may not be on the daily lesson mailing list. We do this every year. We go out, we invite uh, everyone to join us and to come on to the free daily lesson mailing list. The, the thing that's different, and I love technology, we're changing all the time. You have to love and embrace change in this world. Uh, we are now in a mobile world, and most of the emails are open on people's mobile devices. Therefore, they need to look good. They, they need to uh, fit and, and, and expand and contract. Uh, to the size of the mobile device. And that's what uh, technology has provided us with. We finally came on board. We did on our website last year, this year, I guess in March, but now we're on board with um, daily mailing. So there won't be part of it gone anymore. used to have that issue. People would write to me and say, it's not there. Sarah's reflections are blank. (laughs) And they'd have to hit that link at the top of the page. So I hope you got the invitation. If you didn't get the invitation, let me know by going to jcim.net. My email's at the bottom. Send me any... Oh, the sign-up is at the bottom as well. You can sign up. But um, there is a place in that invitation that says Lesson 1. Be sure to click that link and you'll see the new format beginning January 1st. Thank you, Chris. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. Let's see. We read each paragraph twice. We, after we're done, we open up the floor. Uh, let's see. Most importantly, we invite our daily lesson. It's 351. My sinless brother is my guide to peace. My sinful brother is my guide to pain. And which I choose, I see, I will behold. And then finally, we ask that you mute your phone at all times unless you're speaking by using your own mute function. So in this holy instance, um, has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list? Let's say good morning. Uh, are we going to do the lead-in to the uh, lesson? It's uh, a section we're not, head. We're not there yet. No. Hey, good morning. Hey, I'm not going to be on the reading list. I'm preparing for a flight, so I'm just ah, listening. Glad you're here. Happy travels. Thank you. Oh, Rob. Anyone else out there? Uh, Mary, here. Hi, Mary. You want to read? Sure. Okay. All right. So, listening, we have Carla flying. Rob, uh, Bryce checked in early, but he had a wild night. He um, will be sleeping. He said he would check in later. And then in order, we'll go Paula, Lee, Fran, Reverend Rita, Ida, Sharon, Carl, and Mary. And at this moment, there, and there may be, and there may be others <clears throat> that would like to check in, Chris. Ah, okay. Let's hold some space for those to say hello. 
Uh, this is Fritz. I'll be listening. Hi, Fritz. Merry Christmas. Good morning, Fritz. Everybody. Morning, Fritz. So glad to hear from you. Thank you so much. Chris, this is Sharon. Is there any chance I could be higher up on the reading list? I'll put you after um, Paula. Thank you. All right. And in this moment, I'll turn the call over to you, Sharon. Thank you. Dear Brother Jesus and the rest of my brothers and sisters, Jesus, thank you for your words every day. Today you ask us about the end of the world. Immediately my mind recalls intent-looking people carrying signs reading, The end of the world is near. Repent, ye sinners, and calling out the same. You ask us if there can be an end to the world since it has no beginning. It is outside of time. This again brings up the question of the nature of the world for me. In chapter 10 you tell us, quote, The world as you perceive it cannot have been created by the Father, for the world is not as you see it. Unquote. In chapter 12, section 7, I read, quote, Sit quietly and look upon the world you see. And tell yourself, the real world is not like this. It has no buildings, and there are no streets where people walk alone and separate. There are no stores where people buy an endless list of things they do not need. It is not lit with artificial light, and night comes not upon it. There is no day that brightens and grows dim. There is no loss. Nothing is there but shines and shines forever. Unquote. Then in paragraph 64 of chapter 12, you continue, quote, No one in this distracted world but has seen some glimpses of the other world about him. Yet, while he still lays value on his own, he will deny the vision the other world, maintaining that he loves what he loves not, he loves what he knows not, and following not the road that love points out. Love leads so gladly, and as you follow him, you will rejoice that you have found his company and learned of him the joyful journey home, unquote. So this is the world that will never end. But the world that we imagine will end for us as we forgive ourselves for believing we separated from God and all his magnificent love. Oh, that world will end. I do feel guilty for turning my back on God, for saying no to all he offers. I do feel frightened that he is angry that I did not do this. I haven't always realized that I feel that fear. But thank God I'm uncovering that now. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me to see my thoughts that have been hidden. 
You help me forgive as I cannot do it on my own. You asked, quote, How but in this way are all illusions ended? They have been brought to truth, and truth saw them not. It merely overlooked the meaningless, unquote. You remind me once again the world we made does have a meaning, despite the fact that it's not real. The Holy Spirit uses it to bring us back into a state of complete forgiveness, if we are willing. Forgiveness is the nurturing element in this parched and barren world we made. In chapter 18, you call us to, quote, see how life springs up everywhere. The desert becomes a garden, green and deep and quiet. End quote. So this is the world. The en- this is the end of the world we made. It is the dawning of the world that was never lost, except to our dreaming minds. I sometimes feel disappointed in myself for not being able to see this real world, but you reassure me that, quote, the final lesson which brings the ending of the world cannot be grasped by those not yet prepared to leave the world and go beyond its tiny reach, quote. So I can't blame myself. I can't find fault with myself. I don't need to feel guilty. It can't be grasped yet, but it will be. And so I ask you, dear Brother Jesus, dear Holy Spirit, to prepare my mind. Take it. Ah, heal it. Help me be a part of the end of this mad, despairing despairing world and extend your light to shine on the world we all want. The end of this world will bring happiness to all. One more thing. Brother Jesus, I'm curious. Were you whispering in George's ear when you wrote those words, little darling, the smiles returning to the faces? Little darling, it seems like years since it's been here. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. And I say, it's all right. Little darling, I feel that ice is slowly melting. Little darling, it seems like years since it's been clear. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. And I say, it's all right. It indeed is all right. I thank you more than I can say. Amen. Amen, Sharon. Amen. Thank you. That was excellent. Thank you, Sharon. Totally. Loved it. Thank you. Little darling. Feels like George is right with us. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. Um, paragraph one, title and one, please. How will the world end? 
Can what has no beginning really end? The world will end in an illusion as it began. Yet will its ending be an illusion of mercy? The illusion of forgiveness, complete, excluding no one, limitless in gentleness, will cover it, hiding all evil, concealing all sin, and ending guilt forever. So ends the world that guilt had made, for now it has no purpose and is gone. The father of illusions is the belief that they have a purpose, that they serve a need or gratify a want. Perceived as purposeless, they are no longer seen. Their uselessness is recognized, and they are gone. Now, but in this way, are all illusions ended. They have been brought to truth, and truth saw them not. It merely overlooked the meaningless. Two, until forgiveness is complete, the world does not, the world does have a purpose. It becomes the home in which forgiveness is born and where it grows and becomes stronger and more embracing. Here is it nourished, where here it is needed. A gentle savior, born where sin was made and guilt seemed real. Here is his home, with a capital H, for here there is a need of him indeed. He brings the ending of the world with him. It is his call, God's teacher's answer, turning to him in silence to receive his word. The world will end when all things in it have been rightly judged by his judgment. The world will end with the benediction of holiness upon it. When not one thought of sin remains, the world is over. It will not be destroyed, nor attacked, nor even touched. It will merely cease to seem to be. Thank you, Paula. Sharon, one and two, please. Can what has no meaning really end? The world will end in an illusion as it began. Yet, will its ending be an illusion of mercy? The illusion of forgiveness, complete, excluding no one, limitless in gentleness, will cover it, hiding all evil, concealing all sin, and ending guilt forever. So ends the world that guilt had made. For now it has no purpose and is gone. The father of illusions is the belief that they have a purpose, that they serve a need or gratify a want. Perceived as purposeless, they are no longer seen. Their uselessness is recognized and they are gone. How but in this way are all illusions ended? They have been brought to truth, and truth saw them not. It merely overlooked the meaningless. Until forgiveness is complete, the world does does have a purpose. It becomes the home in which forgiveness is born, and where it grows and becomes stronger and more all-embracing. 
Here is it nourished, for here it is indeed needed. A gentle Savior, born where sin was made and guilt seemed real. Here is home, for here there is need of him indeed. He brings the ending of the world with him. It is his call, God's teachers answer, turning to him in silence to receive his word. The world will end when all things in it have been rightly judged by his judgment. The world will end with a benediction of holiness upon it. Why not one thought of sin? When not one thought of sin remains, the world is over. It will not be destroyed, nor attacked, nor even touched. It will merely cease to seem to be. Thank you, Sharon. Lee, two and three, please. Until forgiveness is complete, the world does have a purpose. It becomes the home in which forgiveness is born, and where it grows and becomes stronger and more all-embracing. Here it is nourished, for here it is needed. A gentle Savior, born where sin was made and guilt seemed real. Here is his home, for here there is a need of him indeed. He brings the ending of the world with him. It is his call, God's teacher's answer, turning to him in silence to receive his word. The world will end when all things in it have been rightly judged by his judgment. The world will end with the benediction of holiness upon it. When not one thought of sin remains, the world is over. It will not be destroyed, nor attacked, nor even touched. It will merely cease to seem to be. 3. Certainly this seems to be a long, long while away. Quote, when not one thought of sin remains, unquote, appears to be a long-range goal indeed. But time stands still and waits on the goals of God's teachers. Not one thought of sin will remain the instant any one of them accepts the atonement for himself. It is not easier to forgive one sin than to forgive them all. The illusion of orders of difficulty is an obstacle the teacher of God must learn to pass by and leave behind. One sin, perfectly forgiven by one teacher of God, can make salvation complete. Can you understand this? No. It is meaningless to anyone here. Yet it is the final lesson in which unity is restored. It goes against all the thinking of the world, but so does heaven. 
Thank you, Lee. Fran, three and four, please. Three. Certainly, this seems to be a long, long while away. Quote, when not one thought of sin remains, unquote, appears to be a long-range goal indeed. But time stands still and waits on the goals of God's teachers. Not one thought of sin will remain the instant any one of them accepts the atonement for himself. It is not easier to forgive one sin than to forgive all of them. The illusion of orders of difficulty is an obstacle the teacher of God must learn to pass by and leave behind. One sin, perfectly forgiven by one teacher of God, can make salvation complete. Can you understand this? No. It is meaningless to anyone here. Yet, it is the final lesson in which unity is restored. It goes against all the thinking of the world, but so does heaven. Four. The world will end when its thought system has been completely reversed. Until then, bits and pieces of its thinking will still seem sensible. The final lesson which brings the ending of the world cannot be grasped by being prepared to leave the world and go beyond its tiny reach. What then is the function of the teacher of God in this concluding lesson? He needs merely learn how to approach it, to be willing to go in its direction. He needs merely trust that if God's voice tells him it is a lesson he can learn, he can learn it. He does not judge it either as hard or easy. His teacher points to it, and he trusts that he will show him how to learn it. Thank you, Fran. Reverend Ruja, four and five, please. Okay, four. The world will end when its thought system has been completely reversed. Until then, bits and pieces of its thinking will still seem sensible. The final lesson which brings the ending of the world cannot be grasped by those not yet prepared to leave the world and go beyond its tiny reach. What, then, is the function of the teacher of God in this concluding lesson? He need merely learn how to approach it, to be willing to go in its direction. He need merely trust that if God's voice tells him it is a lesson he can learn, he can learn it. He does not judge it either as hard or easy. His teacher points to it, and he trusts that he will show him how to learn it. Five, the world will end in joy because it is a place of sorrow. When joy has come, the purpose of the world has gone. The world will end in peace because it is a place of war. When peace has come, what is the purpose of the world? The world will end in laughter because it is a place of tears. Where there is laughter, who can longer weep? And only complete forgiveness brings all this to bless the world. In blessing it departs, for it will not end as it began. To turn hell into heaven is the function of God's teachers, for what they teach are lessons in which heaven is reflected. 
And now sit down in true humility and realize that all God would have you do, you can do. Do not be arrogant and say you cannot learn his own curriculum. His word says otherwise. His will be done. It cannot be otherwise. And be you thankful it is so. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Ida, five, please. Wow. The world will end in joy because it is a place of sorrow. When joy has come, the purpose of the world has gone. The world will end in peace because it is a place of war. When peace has come, what is the purpose of the world? The world will end in laughter because it is a place of tears. Where there is laughter, who can longer weep? And only complete forgiveness brings all this to bless the world. In blessing it departs, for it will not end as it began. To turn hell into heaven is the function of God's teachers, for what they teach are lessons in which heaven is reflected. And now sit down in true humility and realize that all God would have you do, you can do. Do not be arrogant and say, you cannot learn his own curriculum. His word says otherwise. His will, is, his will be done. It cannot be otherwise. And be you thankful it is so. Thank you, Ida. And Carl, would you read five, please? The world will end in joy because it is a place of sorrow. When joy has come, the purpose of the world has gone. The world will end in peace because it is a place of war. When peace has come, what is the purpose of the world? The world will end in laughter because it is a place of tears. Where there is laughter, who can longer weep? And only forgiveness brings all this to bless the world. In blessing it departs, for it will not end as it began. To turn hell into heaven is the function of God's teachers, for what they teach are lessons in which heaven is reflected. And now sit down in true humility and realize that all God would have you do, you can do. Do not be arrogant and say you cannot learn his own curriculum. His word says otherwise. His will be done. It cannot be otherwise. And be you thankful it is so. Thank you, Carl. And Mary, five, please. The world will end in joy because it is a place of sorrow. When joy has come, the purpose of the world has gone. The world will end in peace because it is a place of war. When peace has come, what is the purpose of the world? The world will end in laughter 
because it is a place of tears. Where there is laughter, who can longer weep? And only complete forgiveness brings all this to bless the world. In blessing, it it departs, for it will not end as it began. To turn hell into heaven is the function of God's teachers, for what they teach are lessons in which heaven is reflected. And now sit down in true humility and realize that all God would have you do, you can do. Do not be arrogant and say you cannot learn his own curriculum. His word says otherwise. His will be done. It cannot be otherwise. And be you thankful it is so. Thank you, Mary. And Reverend Regia, how about a prayer of sitting down in true humility to realize that all God would have us do that we can do to open the floor? Yes, thanks, Chris. We'll just uh, close our eyes for a few moments. Bring that awareness within as we join one another. We are opening to something that is challenging every concept we have about our world. And it can bring up fear, trepidation. We can begin to doubt ourselves. We can begin to doubt everything. But (laughs) we have chosen, we know this, we have chosen to listen to one who knows. We have come to realize we don't know. Nothing our limited mind has ever told us has been correct. It has led us down roads that only ended in sorrow and loss. We know this now. Now we, we lay all those thoughts down. And we turn around. And we go the other way. But we don't go alone. We have guidance. We've been given supreme guidance. And it's right there within us. We call it whatever. Holy Spirit, higher self, divine wisdom, our right mind, whatever name, whatever label, love. It's what we are. It guides us when we ask. So in this time of trepidation and doubt, let us have faith. I choose faith and trust in love. That's where I place my trust. I choose this course because I know it leads me unto truth. It leads me home where I have never left. And so I, I just am blessed with gratitude. You are there. You are always there. And I'm not going to go back. I'm going to go forward 
with trust and faith in love. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Reverend Rija. Thanks, Reverend Rija. In the paragraph where Jesus is telling us that uh, the way these things will happen is that when one, just one, you know, fully realized teacher of God completely forgives one sin, quote-unquote, that's it. (laughs) We're all done with this part. And he says, can anyone that lives here understand this? No. No. But if I and my present personality were saying these words to the world, I'd be like, can anyone who lives here understand this? No. It's so frustrating. It's so sad. They just can't get this. Why am I giving this course? <laughs> it's like, it's like, but she just doesn't do that. That pain or anger or sadness or, or grief is not there because Jesus knows as well as anybody can know anything that it's all done. And he's reaching back to help us, his brothers and sisters, in time and space. And sometimes he comes back into time and space to talk to Paul Tuttle or to talk to any of the people that he's given words to since 1975 to help us even more to help us see from whichever perspective, whichever feeling tone we're coming from, whichever sort of inclination of mind we have, he's very, very versatile with all that. And, you know, so the more I study this course and the more I apply myself, even just a little bit, right, every day, the more I appreciate Jesus who was sort of sort of foisted on me when I was a kid, you know, with the with the false habits of religion. So you know, it just sounded awful to me to hear that he that he went on this cross and suffered and you know, and to save me from and the world from my sins. I mean the way it was presented to me at that time You know, I just, I rejected it. I don't know if I rejected it out of hand, but on some way, on some level as a kid, I said no, which is what led me to to start reading New Age things, things that my parents already had, and then I found more, but, um, which, and now I've come in full circle. Come back to Jesus. And I love Jesus now that I see the truth about him and what he came to do for us and that guilt and sin aren't real. 
They aren't. So uh, I'm grateful that I can remember that today. And thank you for hearing my share. I'm complete. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Thank Ida. you so much. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Tears, Ida. Uh, you bring. This is Reverend Regent Joy, and you just bring tears to me because you are voicing my journey as well. And I hear the release in your voice when you said he's reaching back to us. And I have come full circle as well. I couldn't in the past say his name without being very, very embarrassed. And and now, but you know, I realize, I realize that he speaks to any and every one of us. Some people write it down and publish it, but he speaks to every one of us. There's no distance, there's no gap between our elder brother and all of us with each other, even. We're the son of God, we're all the son of God. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ida. Thank you, sweetie. I'm complete. You're welcome, hon. Thank you, too. Thank you both. Thank you both. Hi, this is Paula. I also zeroed in in that particular paragraph. One thought of sin will remain an instant any one of them accepts the atonement for himself. And it's not easier to forgive one sin than to forgive all of them. And the realization of what the atonement will do the moment I accept it for myself, it will be accepted for all of my brothers and sisters in my world, in our world because I share with my brothers and sisters in my perception some in the world I dreamed up. Every soul from the moment I opened or thought I entered into this dream became part of my world, the world I perceived, the world I judged, the world I fear. And I'm coming to the realization to the Course and to other learnings. The moment... I accept the undoing, which is the atonement, of all my false beliefs and trust in what is said to me from Jesus through this text. I forgive myself. I forgive all my brothers and sisters. And my world, my perception of my world will end and it will end for all the perceived stories and everything. Please forgive the ringing. <laughs> I'm ignoring it. Anyway, I hope I got my point across. I'm complete. Boy, did you ever, Paula. That's beautiful. Yeah, Paula, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Paula. Thank you, Paula. Thanks, Paula. I was just thinking it might be Jesus. You might want to get that, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting, again, that idea of, of Jesus speaks to all of us. Um, imagine, you know, that you get 
a, a big screen with seven billion different people on it. You know, seven several seven billion different uh, uh, icons popping up there, and whoever um, calls in and wants to hear, you know, he'll communicate with. Uh, just find it amazing. Again, when we want to tune in, if we're open and receptive, and we uh, make ourselves receivers. Um, that believe that Holy Spirit's always trying to communicate with us, and that, uh, that the consciousness from from Jesus um, may well too. I don't know, but uh, but I'm open and receptive because I know that there's there's answers beyond what this world is giving me, and there's peace far beyond what this world is giving me. And uh, again, I trust that I'm I'm heading in the right direction. So for that, I'm grateful, I'm complete. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Thank this is Lee. Um, it's a, a pretty, pretty provocative title for the section. Pretty provocative section. How will the world end? Important that I know what world he speaks of ending. What world he speaks of ending when I come to complete forgiveness. If I remember throughout this course, he's introduced me to the idea that I have two separate parts of my mind, two separate thought systems, and that each fashions a version of this life for me. I can understand that I've only ever been captive. I've only suffered by one version of that world, I behold. Only one of those two versions has ever been the source of my suffering. Only one thought system has ever represented unforgiveness in my mind. This entire section is a celebration of the fact that that world fashioned by the ego's thought system, the one that has always completely hidden the world that reflects the thought system of the Holy Spirit, the thought system that reflects the Christ in my mind, this mistaken world will vanish in blessing. This world will vanish in laughter. The world I've known will vanish in healing. At the very end of this five paragraphs, he tells me, in reference to this world that will end for me, he tells me in reference to this world that will vanish when I invite full forgiveness that in blessing it departs. This is midway through paragraph 5. How does it depart? How does the world end? In blessing it departs. For it will not end as it began. The world as I perceive it presently was born of the denial of blessing. It was born of the denial of what vision would show me. It has completely been birthed by my denial of the truth, my denial of what the Christ mind within me would guide me to understand about this life and about each of you, about myself. In blessing it departs, for it will not end as it began. And this is how complete this movement is. This movement of my recognizing and embracing and welcoming all that Christ would show me 
to replace the world that fear had made turns hell into heaven. To turn hell into heaven is the function of God's teachers. For what they teach are lessons in which heaven is reflected. Were I to touch into the vision that arises from my Christ mind, I would work, I would walk a different world. The world that ego fashioned will have ended. And I will walk a world that the Christ in me reveals. Sharon, I was so touched that you began with the part from chapter 10 that says the world as you perceive it cannot have been created by the Father for the world is not as you see it. My prayer throughout this course is that I allow Jesus to encourage me to invite sufficient acquaintance with the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit in my mind, that Christ, the one he refers to in this section for me as the gentle Savior, may be born where sin was made and guilt seemed real. Here is his home. Christ within me brings the ending of the world sin had made, brings the ending of the world with him, and it's his call that God's teachers answer, turning to him in silence to receive his word. That next line is so instructive for me. The world will end when all things in it have been rightly judged by his judgment. If I relax into this instruction, it's so easy for me to understand. I've been hanging on to the world as I perceive it. The world as I perceive it has been completely fashioned by what I presently believe to be so. It reflects the ego's judgment. Would I walk out of that world, let it depart from me, and walk into a world Christ is so eager to show me? That's my deliverance. That's why if I understood fully the forgiveness of one sin, my salvation would be complete. To invite correction in regard to one mistaken belief, as he says, invite it fully, would awaken my mind. That's what my salvation represents. The ego has coaxed my mind into slumber and I see everything dimly and fearfully. And the Course is calling me, will you be stirred to waking? Will you allow your mind to be awakened to what Christ would show? My slumber shows one version of the world. That world will end as I invite its departure. And I awaken to this blessing, to the laughter, to the inability to weep. Because the part of me that thought this world was about curse and weeping and suffering and loss will have been healed in the waking. Let me invite that waking today. Let me no longer see a purpose in the illusions I hold about the world. The father of illusions, he says, is the belief they have a purpose. 
that they serve a need or gratify a want. That's straight psychology. I can only be deluded about something where the delusion seems to serve me. If I come to a frame of mind where I understand, oh my God, they never served me. In that movement of waking from what I thought the illusion offered, that wakefulness no more supports the illusion. The illusion has been brought to truth. Truth saw them not, and it merely overlooked the meaningless. The illusion is a trace, distant memory, when I'm brought to that which reveals the meaningless of what I had believed. Thanks, guys, for letting me share. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Beautiful, Thank you so much. Thank you. Gorgeous. Thank you. It's Chris, so if I'm to understand that there's something in, obviously, my subconscious, because if I were aware of it, I hope I would let it go, that I believe is serving me, otherwise I would be awakened. Is that what we're learning here? I'm complete. Well, Chris, I, 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 I take this, this, um, this five paragraphs to be suggesting to me that I have... Um, um, many reasons why I presently am locked into a slumbering version of this world and that I'm being called to an awakened experience of this life, to an, ex- to an, to an awakened experience of this world. He mentions the term the world 17 times across this section. And the section takes on a very significant meaning to me if every time I read the world, I read it as the world as I presently perceive it or the world as I perceive it. The world as I perceive it will end when its thought system has been completely reversed. This is paragraph four. Until then, bits and pieces of its thinking will still seem sensible. The final lesson which brings the ending of the world as I perceive it cannot be grasped by those not yet prepared to leave the world as they perceive it and go beyond its tiny reach. Paragraph 5, the world as I perceive it will end in joy because the world as I perceive it is a place of sorrow. When joy has come, the purpose of the world as I perceive it is gone. The world as I perceive it will end in peace because as I perceive it, it's a place of war. When peace has come, what's the purpose of the world as I perceive it? The world I will end in laughter because it was always a place of tears where there's laughter. Who can longer weep? I'm being called to laughter and joy and blessing. I'm being asked, will you let me stir you from the dream of fear? to the blessing of this life. That's, that's speaking entirely for me, folks, and I'm very aware that, um, that uh, others would read this differently. But it turns what can be a grim, for me, uh, what, what, what could be apocalyptic into a deliverance, uh, into what I understand of the uh, offer of salvation. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. That's good. Thanks, Thank Lee. you. Thanks, Lee. Wow. 
That's great. It makes me think, well, you know, well, as this world is ending for us in our perception, no, I mean, I think that works for me because then uh, he says something about, you know, we'll barely notice it or something, but we will notice the real world, right? The real world will be that world of love and forgiveness and and tolerance and peace and joy that we that we did we would live in in that now time, right? I'm complete. For me, I if there's a if there's a practical bent to the course, it's how can the nature of my experience across this life be dramatically altered? And for me, all question of what the real world is. Uh, ends with the simple recognition that he's suggesting, as he often says, that the real world can be perceived and must. And so whatever the real world is, however illusory it is as well, certainly an experience of the real world, which he promises is available to us, would be a transformative experience of this life from suffering to blessing and that's what um, that's what appeals to me in discussion of the real world thanks thanks I don't know if this is the title of a lesson or not it feels kind of like one to me above all else I want the real world <laughs> thank you I'm complete thanks Ida thanks Ida well, that, that neighbor who's still not talking to me, well, I went to, I was right near the, uh, I checked the laundry room because they had it closed for repairs, and, it, and then there's a post, postal box right near it. So then, so then I saw Ginger, and she was like, hi, you know, hi, beautiful, and telling me all this stuff about her life, what was going on good stuff but she'll tell me over and over but but I also saw Brian and I said he was sort of looking in his post box and I said Brian I think you're going back to school because I saw you get off the bus in front of the community college the other day and he just did a quick like an eye smile and he didn't say anything and he left so I you know it was nice to see any kind of you know, positive thing coming from him in my direction. And so, you know, regardless of, you know, who was right, who was wrong, you know, who, you know, what, all that crap, you know. So, but now I'm, you know, hopefully I'm thinking I can let go and I don't need to say anything to him anymore and I don't, you know, and all that because, because I don't need to attempt to goad him into talking to me again. If I feel like his silence means that I was wrong to talk to him, I was wrong to ask him for whatever he said he would give me anyway before, and everything, then then I have to deal with that feeling of guilt and realize, you know, then I must still be projecting it onto him, you know? So, you know, you know the story, you know the drill. So then I have to deal with it like that. 
on the inside with the help of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Hi, this is Fran. What always amazes me about this uh, course is how he seems to know where my mind is. And um, I sometimes I feel like it's directed to me like Fran. And when we started this section, how will the world end? I get skeptical, you know, how it starts to sound like a science fiction thing to me. And um, some of the things that he says, uh, and then I get to the section where he says, can you understand this? No. It's meaningless to anyone here. Yet it is the final lesson in which unity is restored. It goes against all the thinking of the world, but so does heaven. And then I'm right back there again because I realize that he knows where I am. just amazes me. And then the next section about the thought system, because I'm always saying that now, oh, in the thought system. And then it makes me realize sometimes, or, or remember that um, when I do that and I say, I need my thought system changed, help me. And how sometimes it's like a little whisper, just a little whisper of something different. And I stay with it. And then the more I ask for help, the louder that change becomes until my actions are based on that thought system and not my ego thought system. And then, um, and I was thinking about that when Reverend Rachel said, I chose this course. And I remember the day I chose this course when I said, this is the answer for me. I'm just so appreciative, and I'm so appreciative that he knows sometimes I'm skeptical. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. That was great, Fran. Thanks for the reminder how gradual it is, just how gentle and gradual the process is. Welcome. Now, yes, I... Sorry. Go ahead, Ida. I'll go after you. Oh, yes. Well, I'll be second to read you for you, too. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, about how gradual the process is. Um, right. Okay, I'm not sure this is actually what I was going to say, but um, what I notice in life, things I look forward to, and quote-unquote esoteric, out-of-body type, experiences, energy shifts, and stuff like that. The things I think that they're going to be, or I think of in advance, I think, wow, wouldn't that be weird, strange, almost like unnatural, although good. Maybe that's what I want, but it'll be weird. And But even like, you know, some like having a baby for the first time and all that. Um... It's, in advance, I'm thinking it's going to be strange. But when I'm actually in the actual experience, it inevitably feels just natural. I'm not sure it can be um, any other way, and it has to do with our shifts, vis-a-vis the shifts in time and, you know, the illusory nature of all that and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) And uh, 
but I, I see this as applying to the end of the perception of this world and the beginning of the perception of the real world that is not going to feel like a sudden, like the curtain comes down to play and the curtain comes up again. You know, it's like, well, I believe it's already started. All I can say that is for me. That's already started is I've forgiven my brother more since I started um, studying this course more uh, or again just a few months ago. But I feel that when I say it's already started, maybe that's like 1% or less than that. That's a heck of a lot more to go. But but maybe even then, if I have 1% to say let go of this world, then I, I'm seeing 1% of the real world. And that's a happy thought to me. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Uh, Ida, um, and you said it's already started, and and that's sort of a a lead-in on on uh, what I wanted to share because uh, in a sense it already ha- has happened, uh, and um, you know I'm thinking, yikes! If we could only, if I could only grasp timelessness, because I'm so wrapped up in time, because everything that I've ever known. Is one foot after the other, you know, and it's the past, the future, and the now. But timelessness, and I'm, that's the message I'm hearing from those who have uh, laid their body down. There's no time. There's timelessness. But the thing is, what caught my eye and what, what it gives me a, a uh, hmm, reason to pause is paragraph three, where it said, uh, about down, two-thirds down, one sin, perfectly forgiven by one teacher of God, can make salvation complete. Every time I read that, I, I think, well, wait a minute. Jesus came, he's the Son of God, and he's one sin perfectly forgiven by one teacher of God. So he, he forgave sin, he, he was a teacher of God, you know, you know, can make salvation complete. The thing is, um, what I hear when I when I have that uh, question come up, I hear the answer. The answer that I hear is that it is complete. <laughs> you know, salvation is complete. The world is already over. We had a, a mad idea that we could be separate, but the separation is not so. And it was healed the moment that we had it. We just keep recreating that moment. See, there you go with time again. You know, uh, but there is no time, and we are actually in heaven right here, right now. <laughs> and so, okay, I'm finding myself in the 3D. The best I can do is to, as I said, choose this course, which means for me, choose love. And it's my way home, which I don't go alone. All my brothers go with me. Uh, it's a journey without distance, you know, to a goal that has never changed. And I'm opening and opening and opening. It's like a thousand-petaled lotus. Open, open, open. What will love show me next? Where will I go next? What will I say next? It's a journey. It's a, 
it's an adventure <laughs> if, if I choose to see it as such. I'm complete. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I love that. Thank I you. To see it as such. Very provocative thoughts. Wonderful. Nice, Urban Regia. Thank you. So it's Chris. It feels like I've got my fingernail tip of my pinky like touching the veil when you were describing it. And that, that just little bit of, I don't know how to describe it, like interest or intrigue keeps me so focused in wanting to understand this course so much. I'm complete. Me too, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Yes, thank you. We all get what we need in every moment, and we can all remember that. Thanks for the reminder, Ida. I might call you when I'm flipping out, though, because <laughs> sometimes I don't see it that way. Call me when you're flipping out. That's fun. <laughs> can we take a moment longer, Chris, and open it up for those uh, who, uh, for anyone else that, that would like to share? What a wonderful and hasn't idea. had the opportunity. Yeah, am I the only one that flips out? <laughs> I'm complete. I don't think so. <laughs> this is Reverend Rita Joy, and I just wanted to, to respond to uh, Chris and paragraph four, where he says about two thirds down. <laughs> He, uh, he says, uh, what then is the function of the teacher of God in this concluding lesson? He need merely learn how to approach it, to be willing to go in its direction. And remember, he says, if we just had the little willingness, you were so willing. And, it, and that's, that's what he asks us. If we just had the, the willingness, then that opens, that opens the way. When we don't, when we're not willing, when, when we're in fear, and uh, and and don't want to look in that direction or go in that direction, uh, we'll stay stuck. So at least we're willing to go in that direction, like you said, my little your little thinking. And it's like that willingness that is all he needs. <laughs> Thank you. Complete. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. That was perfect. Thanks, Reverend Regent. It's a strange, it's Chris, it's a strange concept to think that I would have created a world where I could support my false beliefs by creating eyes to see things that aren't really there, by hearing things that aren't really there, by feeling and touching things that aren't really there. I can understand why I'm so confused. And the, the, the biggest challenge is understanding that I've created it. And I think that's the part that just, doesn't make any sense to me. Know what I mean? I'm complete. This is Sharon, Chris. I I do know what you mean, and the way it was, I, it was explained to me in a way once that really helped. That in the moment that we fell asleep, that I fell asleep, there was. It was not my intent to create a world of suffering, and sin, and pain. It was basically an experiment of what would happen if I did this? What would this be like? And then not realizing the repercussions of that, the separation started to happen. And I think of it as um, cell splitting. Um, 
that over when we when we did that, we created time, and over the course of time, the separation and the splitting off kept occurring more and more and more. So it was like one break and then two, and then like it was broken in half and then quarters, and then just kept splitting off and splitting off, and that over time, our falling asleep, we realized that what we really wanted was this sense of power and this feeling of powerlessness, and our only defense against what we created was, and our forgetting what we created, was to try and rise up and be vindictive and create war, etc. But we didn't start out thinking that we were going to create this awful world. That's the way I see it. Thank you. I'm complete. Yes. And, uh, Thank you, Sharon. I have, a, I have an idea that comes from the course about it. It's Rob. And uh, if you go to, uh, in the first edition of Dr. Wapnick's on page 64, the second edition, if you go to page 70, and if you go in the, um, in the original edition, I believe it's 89, you'll see a section called Creation and Communication. And it will explain that the world is quite real, but temporary. Since in the ideas that I have come up with from reading many, many things from Jesus and what he said when he was his predecessor beings, um, this section describes that you are entirely adequate to compete with God because you were made completely duplicate of God. So when you invent a world, you don't invent an illusory world, you invent one that is temporary. And the reason it can be called an illusion is behind it always is the world that God created for you before you created your world. Because um, the world that really isn't there is in this hallucination. But when you're not watching what you're backing into with your car, you're going to run into something you didn't know was there. That's the illusion of nothing being behind you. So this is all a temporary world. And if, like he says, one being gets the love correct, then it won't want the world it created anymore. I I think that's what it says in creation and communication. But it's worth a check. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. This is Carl. Real quick, I know we're we're, uh, over. But uh, I think it was Chris was saying, well, uh, I don't 
I don't understand why I would create a world like this. And um, he tells us in two what the purpose of the world is. He says the world does have a purpose. And then if you go to the first part of the sentence, um, it's, it's until forgiveness is complete. So the world's purpose is a, it's a place to practice forgiveness, which means it's a place to discover what the truth is when the truth does not seem to be what is real. And then he goes on to say it, it becomes the home in which forgiveness is born and where it grows and becomes stronger and more all-embracing. So for me, he's telling us right there what the purpose of this world is. And we come to this world, <coughs> we're not... We're not uh, we, you know, we have free will. We came to this world by choice. You know, we weren't thrown in this world. We came here by choice. And uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not supposed to remember what 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 the choice is. That's that's the purpose of the veil. And, and, and the purpose of that is, is so I can truly learn. I put myself into a place where everything is, is the opposite of what is real so that I can practice uh, forgiveness and then discover what truth is. I'm complete. Thank you, Carl. Carl? I have to add something real quick, and that's awesome, Carl, because I've been, I've been uh, opening up to this uh, information that uh, there are other uh, worlds, and uh, this one it stands out because on this one we forgot, and you just sort of hit that when you said we chose this, and we, it's a place where you come and you forget that you chose to come here for, to learn and uh, to break through that you know, to awaken. Uh, it's interesting because the, the, on the other worlds, they, they, it was, they remember that they, they're there by choice. But this one's the hardest and the toughest because, man, do we have amnesia. We totally forgot that this was a choice. feels better when it's a choice. And I know we say, well, why would I choose that? Well, the, I think maybe, maybe the answer is what a challenge to awaken in a, and to remember in a place that is diametrically opposed <laughs> to everything that's true. <laughs> but, you know, what were we thinking? <laughs> what were we thinking? But anyway, uh, thanks, Carl. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dad. Reverend Reed. I, I, I really agree with that, that, that uh, the awakening process can um, continues to take place regardless of, of what where you are, where your soul takes, takes itself. And, and, but you can accelerate, you can accelerate the, the undoing by coming into this world. I think that's perhaps the choice that the soul makes, that, that, that you know, is made, that, you know, I, I want to accelerate my learning, so I'm going to come into this world where everything is upside down. 
and I do not. And I'm and I'm I know. Here I go. I'm gonna forget that it's all upside <laughs> down. Boom, and you pop out, and guess what? It's all ass backwards. You know. And now, now, <laughs> the the opportunity that we have is to see, discover the truth, discover the truth from a a uh, a, a point at which the truth is not even close to obvious. <laughs> you know, I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. That was perfect. I was, um, it's Chris again. I was going to um, say for closing, I, was, I have an app that opens up the New York Times, which I never read, obviously, um, to read the four or five headlines that we could work on forgiveness. Guess what I opened up? Holy Spirit's so with us. <laughs> The Star Wars movie, which is called The Force Awakens. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to turn the call over to Reverend Rita. There are no words to describe the peace that I feel every morning when we gather. So I, I'm I'm feeling that we're we're collectively to forgive all. So I'll invite a prayer, Reverend Rita, for forgiveness. I'm complete. Absolutely, thank you, Chris, and thank you, Carl. <laughs> thank you, thanks, Chris. Okay. And so we'll, uh, we'll end our time together by drawing within. And it's a blessing that we give to ourselves to draw within and to relax and to open to the loving thoughts of God. They're the true thoughts. That's how we find our way home to truth, to reality, to forgiveness. Today we, we journeyed in the manual for teachers of A Course in Miracles. And the question was, how will the world end? And I learned the world will end when it is seen to have no purpose. It will end when it has been forgiven. When reality has been seen and not the illusion. And what is reality? It is the remembering. The Son of God is guiltless, sinless, complete, and eternal. Quote, the illusion of forgiveness, complete, excluding no one, limitless in gentleness, will cover it, hiding all evil, concealing all sin, and ending guilt forever. Unquote. Thus, when guilt is gone, The world is no longer the way it was before. It no longer has a purpose. And it's gone as well as our meaningless perceptions. I learned today, there is a purpose to the world while forgiveness is not complete. It needs a Savior. And I learned today, the Savior is one who brings forgiveness. They are God's teachers who bring Christ's vision to bless the world, to forgive the world, and set it free. I've learned in this course there is one problem, and that is the idea of separation, which is not so. The remedy and the healing of that one problem is to recognize there is no problem. There is no separation, no gap, but only unity, only truth. There is no sin. 
the Son of God is free. One sin or many sins, it does not matter. There is no sin. And so I learned the world will end when its thought system has been completely reversed. (laughs) Well, now my limited mind reels with this knowledge. It's so hard to imagine how this could ever happen. And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, I need the comfort of your guidance, your strength, your thoughts to help me release my doubts. I know I have chosen to go in the direction of your word, for I have come to see this world is valueless. It holds nothing that I want. And now, even as I ask for this comfort, it is given. You have given me the way. It's within my very soul. It's the voice for truth. And it leads me home. Where else would love go? I have chosen to follow love where it will lead me. I've chosen to be a teacher of God. And you have shown me what my function is. Quote, To turn hell into heaven is the function of God's teachers for what they teach are lessons in which heaven is reflected. Unquote. Now I need to trust in your word. If God tells me it is a lesson that I can learn, then I can and I will learn it. I hear you speak to me in your gentle, loving, and comforting way. Quote, Sit down, my child, in true humility and realize that all God would have you do, you can do. Do not be arrogant and say you cannot learn his own curriculum. His word says otherwise. His will be done. It cannot be otherwise. And be you thankful it is so. And so it is. (laughs) Amen. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend Richard. Everybody. Thank you. Everybody have a good day. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you.